in second. We're going to start in second Peter tonight. Um, that's page 1083 in my Bible. <laughs> in case someone has this exact one, it'll also be on the screen. In case, in case you don't, and you don't know where to find it. It's 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 towards almost the very end. You see. Just, you know, if you just need to know what hemisphere, it's in, it's in this one. Um, yeah, okay, not the hemisphere. Well, if you turn it like this, it's in the southern hemisphere. Huh? What? Second Peter? We're going to be in second, start in second Peter. Second Peter 1. All right, I'm going to just jump in. I'm going to read this, and then we'll talk about um, what we're going to talk about tonight. Second Peter 1, starting in verse 3. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Say glory. glory. Say goodness. goodness. All right, I want you to remember this too. Through these... He has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Um, So what I want to talk about tonight, I want to talk about the God of promise and prophecy. The God of promise and prophecy. And I don't always have titles for, (laughs) for this time. But um, actually, I, I felt like the title of this was really important, and partly because um, this week I had been dwelling on this idea of uh, promise and prophecy, and just the way that you see both of those um, so prevalent in Scripture over and over and over and over again, God making a promise to someone, God speaking to his people through prophecy about something that was to come, that, that he wanted them to um, be prepared for and to um, be expectant for. And um, I, was, I was sort of wrestling with this idea of even, even the question of how, um, how are promise and prophecy connected? Um, are they the same thing? Are they different? If so, how? And, and I, I honestly can't tell you exactly all of that, but I know that they're intertwined in some way. Um, and that there's a lot of similarities and overlap between the two. Um, and uh, it wasn't until today that I felt like God um, connected both of those um, components of how he interacts with humanity to something more important, which is himself. Um, And so the title of this message is The God of Promise and Prophecy, because what I realized, um, even in in just dwelling on both um, both of those aspects of how God interacts with humanity is through promise and through prophecy, I realized that actually... Um, what, what I really want to focus on more than anything tonight is that these are extensions of God. These are extensions of who he is, his character, his nature, his being. 
And so the idea of God being a promise maker says something about what God is like. Conversely, if God, if God was a promise breaker, that would say something about what God was like. And I, I feel like that's important, and maybe it sounds obvious, but I feel like it's important as it relates to some things that maybe we take for granted. We take for granted the fact that God makes promises to us, and then he, he fulfills those promises, he upholds those promises, he backs them up. That's significant. And it's, it says something about what he's like. It says something about who he is. It says something about his character and his nature. So um, if, if God makes promises and he keeps promises, then God is trustworthy. You see? And so I feel like it's significant, and that's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on um, promises and prophecies as it relates to the God behind them. Because we can make promises, you know, but um, <laughs> it doesn't mean we're always going to keep them. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. And that says something about who he is, and it says something about um, his dealings with us, and it says something about what we can expect of him, and it says something about what we, how we can know him. And so this is God of promise and God of prophecy. Conversely, the subject of prophecy um, I think is a significant one. It says, again, it says something about what God is like, and it says something about his dealings with humanity. I want you to just think about, in the broadest sense, the topic of prophecy, and we're not going to get too much into it today, but but since the beginning of of God's interaction with humanity, not only has he made promises to his people, but he's spoken prophetically into um, humanity about what was to come. And, and, and in fact, um, Second Peter, when he opens this letter, he's wanting to draw people's attention to both of those things. He's wanting to draw their attention to the promises that God has made throughout history. Why? First of all, he says, um, because they're, um, reflective of the one who made them. This is what he says about it. He says in verse 4, sorry, end of verse 3, he says, um, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So first he starts off by talking about what God is like. God is glorious and God is good. And out of his glory and out of his goodness, he did something. And this is what it says. It says, through these things, through these, what? His glory and his goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises. Do you see it? So he's making a connection here between the promises of God, which he says are great and precious, and the nature of God, which he says is glorious and good. And so he says, out of God's glory and his goodness, who he is, he's made promises. And those promises are the overflow or the expression of his glory, the expression of his goodness to us. 
And that's what makes them great and precious, actually. Are you with me? You see how they connect now? So in that way, if you think about it this way, when God makes a promise, he's actually giving something of his glory to us. When God gives us a promise, he's giving something of his glory to us. When God makes a promise, he's giving something of his goodness to us. Because God's promises are always good. God's promises are always good. Everything he promises is going to be good when it comes to pass. Everything he promises, because it's embedded with his glory, will be glorious when it comes to pass. I just think that's cool. It's not just um, what these things are, but they are the way they are because he is the way he is. Are you with me? So I, I want us to get that because it's it's not just things. The promises aren't just out here floating by themselves. They're connected to who he is. And I would suggest that in that way, when God promises something, and God, when God speaks something, it's so that you can know him better. It's not just so you'll get something. He, he, he might promise something that he wants to give you, but ultimately he's not just giving you that thing so you'll have it. He's promising that so you will know him better. And as you experience that thing coming to pass, that you would experience the one who gave it as being true to his nature. Am I confusing you yet? <laughs> that's cool. And I think that's powerful. And I think that can help us navigate um, things like promises and prophecies in, in a, in a um, way that brings us back to really the most important thing about them. And what I want to say in that way is I, I know that God has spoken things to us both through his word and just through the day-to-day -day, um, of life with them. And you may be um, trying to hold on to those things and remember those things. And you may be waiting for those things because part of the other side of promises um, not often not the fun part of promises is waiting for them to be fulfilled. The other side of prophecy, um, I think God's speaking to his people about what is ahead, especially because it's, it's pretty much always going to be something good ultimately because that's how God is, is amazing and exciting. It's like a little sneak peek into a surprise. That's, I don't know about you, but I love surprises. And I love being on the inside of a surprise. Anybody? But then there's the waiting. <laughs> and if you're on the inside of a surprise, unless you're going to give it away ahead of time and ruin it, which will very quickly mean you will not be on the inside of very many surprises, <laughs> you have to wait. The waiting is hard, isn't it? <laughs> the waiting is hard. That's the other side of this. We want promises, don't we? But but when we get them, are we are we prepared to wait for them to come about? And if we lose sight of the fact that the one who gave the promise in the first place is good and he's glorious, 
then we will very easily find ourselves in a place of frustration and losing heart because we need to actually be anchored not just in the promise, but in the one who gave it. Breach. <laughs> I'll just go ahead. I'll go ahead and do that. I don't know what I just said. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have to be anchored, not just in the promise, but the one who gave it. And if we lose sight that the one who gives the promise, a good promise, is good himself, and in fact, the promise can't be good unless the one who gave it is good, then we'll become frustrated. <laughs> We'll, we'll doubt that maybe even that promise was for us in the first place. And so the thing that God gave to you to be a good gift can quickly become something else. Or you can just struggle holding on to it. And what, what, what Peter was saying here what he was calling the people to, he was saying, remember these things and hold on to these things because they are good. They're great. They're precious. And you need them. You need God's promises in your life. You need God speaking into what's ahead in your life. It's part of his grace for you. It's part of this relationship. It's part of how you're going to navigate life in a way um, that God intends. A way that will lead to um, what God intends. And that's what he's saying here. He's given us his great, his very great, very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. So that through the things that God is saying, you will be able to, to, to walk with Jesus. You will, you will actually be able to walk into what God has for you and who he sees you Becoming, So that you will be able to walk having escaped corruption from the world caused by evil desires. He says that's connected to you holding on to God's promises. You cherishing God's promises. So it's pretty important. It's pretty important. It's not just so that we'll get the thing because the one who gave the promise will make sure that the promise is fulfilled. But we we need to be able to hold on to the promises so that we can walk with him in the way that he intends while we're waiting for it to come to pass. You with me? Okay. I thought this was a cool thought. Um, When we're thinking about God saying, promising something, he often says, I will. I will. I will do this. I will do this. Um, but before ever, before God ever says, I will, he says, I am. He says, I am the Lord your God, and I will do this. So I am always precedes, I will. I am always precedes, I will. And that's important. That order is important. The promise always comes back to the promise maker. I am always precedes, I, I will. God, who he is, 
From that place comes the promise. From that place comes the prophecy. And we need to remember that. Um, part of why I'm saying this is I feel like I've been in this season personally where God has been chasing me down <laughs> with his promises. God has been chasing me down, inundating me with his prophecies of what is to come. <laughs> More than any other time in my life. And I don't know if it's just the season I'm in, but what I realize is I need to hear it. <laughs> and part of how I realize that is because God keeps saying the same things over again. <laughs> that right there might frustrate us. For me, it's, it's, it's been slowly coming around to the fact that, oh, when you repeat something, it's probably because it's important and maybe because I need... Um, to remember it, and I keep forgetting. <laughs> Usually it's both. <laughs> and I, I shared some of this a few weeks ago. God has just been bringing people who I never met before into my life um, to remind me of the things he's already told me. Um, even this year, some of the things that God said to me this year about this church and about my place in that and about what he wants to do and, and all of it. Um, it was pretty clear the first time. <laughs> but but stuff happened and the promise seemed delayed and there's things that I'm like, I thought by now they would have come to fruition. And when that starts to happen, what, what often happens is we can lose our, our grasp or our grip on what God said in the first place. And um, I feel like that's where I've been some. And I know the information. And it's, I was sharing with someone this the other day. It's like the information is over here somewhere. And I know it. I know it. I've written it down. I could tell you what it is. But but some reason, it's been hard to take hold of. And the promises of God are meant to be taken hold of. They're meant to be cherished. They don't become precious on their own. They become precious because we've taken hold of them. They become ours. That's how they become precious. And so God wants to engage with us in that way so that we, we are like, God, what you said is precious to me. It's mine. <laughs> I believe it. I'm, I'm trusting you for it. No one can talk me out of it kind of thing. And it's been so beautiful because God has been doing that through other people who have known nothing about what's going on in my life. And so the role of the prophetic has played into this in a way where um, unexpectedly someone will come in and, 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 and say what God already said. Just say it again in a different way. And every time that's happened, it's, it's, it's like it's surprised me. <laughs> I don't know why, but it surprised me. And as it's happened multiple times now, I'm starting to realize, okay, God, you are being relentless with your promises. Because you want me to take hold of them. And you want me to remain in them, even if they don't come in the time that I expect them to. Even if... Um, it's still a long way off. 
Um, all right. And again, I think that says something about what God is like. I um, let me just let me just take a little assessment of our time. Okay, we're doing great. Wow. I I might need it. Can I ask you for help? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, help. Um, All right. A little bit more here. I want to read a few things. Um, So he goes on to say in 2 Peter 1, he's talking about promises and holding on to the promises and then being precious in there. And then he goes on and and eventually he talks about um, the role of prophecy. Thank you. And in this context, he's he's talking about the things that God has spoken through Scripture about what he was going to do. And specifically um, and ultimately, the way that God, uh, way in advance to Jesus' coming, he spoke through his people. He spoke through the word. He spoke in Scripture about what he was preparing, about this good and great plan that he was preparing for humanity to be rescued through his son. And so um, he's talking about prophecy, but specifically prophecy of scripture, of, of the record that they had had through history of God interacting with humanity through his word. And he says this in verse 19, he says, we also have the prophetic message of something completely reliable and you will do well to pay attention to it. That's probably an understatement. You would do well to pay attention to it. And listen to this picture. He says, As to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So, this is specifically about the prophecies that God spoke that were... Some had been fulfilled and some still waiting to be fulfilled. And he talks about that later. He says, we're still waiting for Jesus to return. And the prophecies related to Jesus' return, we're still waiting for that. And he says, we're still waiting for the promise of God to be fulfilled to make the earth new. Completely new in a way where righteousness reigns. That's a promise that we're still waiting for. He reminds them of that. And he says, prophecy is like a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns. You see how that's this beautiful and important thing, part of God's grace and his goodness for us? Is that he would give these things in advance. It's because he wants us to be on board with it. He wants us to uh, engage with him. And he wants us to cooperate with him. He wants our hearts and minds to be connected with what he's going to do. He could just say, well, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And it's going to be good. And you don't need to know it. But he doesn't do that. Part of his goodness as a father is he says, I want to share what I have and who I am with you. 
And prophecy, that's what it is. That's what it's about. It's not just information. It's, again, it's about relationship. And it's about God saying, I want to let you in on the secret ahead of time. So when the secret, when the surprise happens, you're going you're gonna to not only have the joy of the surprise, but you're going to have the joy of having been a part of the waiting. And then when it happens, there's, there's actually more joy there. Because <laughs> the waiting is over. The surprise is here. Are you with me? If you didn't have to wait for the surprise, you're still excited. You're still happy. But if you waited for the surprise, when it finally happens, it's almost like you get a little bit more. <laughs> and I think that that's one of the things that God wants to do through prophecy. But not only that, but he wants to give us a glimpse. He wants to give us a glimpse of the good that is coming. Are you with me? God wants to give you a glimpse of the good that is on its way. I don't know about you, but I need that. If I didn't need that, I could just watch the news. (laughs) Prophecy is like the opposite of the news. (laughs) It's God saying, I want to give you some good information um, that you didn't already know about of what is to come. And what God is doing and what God will do, it's good. And so it's a gift, a gift from him. Um, I just want to read a few verses. And these are, these are things that God promised that we're in the middle of. And when we're talking about holding on to God's promises, we're not just talking about things that um, he's speaking individually into our lives, although it is that. But there are promises that God made that he's fulfilled already that we're now living in the fruit of. We're in the middle of the promise fulfilled. And I would say that as important as the ones that are still to come, the ones that have already happened and that we're in the middle of and that we should be experiencing are just as important. Are you with me? So I just want to read a couple Because these are things that God said in the past, I will do, and now he's done them. And we get to experience the fruit of those promises fulfilled. And I think sometimes we're waiting for what's ahead. We need to be careful that we don't miss what's now already. So Hebrews 8, let's go there real quick. I'm going to just read through these. um, Perhaps... I won't say speedily, but we're not going to dwell on them too much. I just want you to hear these promises that God has made in the past that now have been accomplished through Jesus. Hebrews 8, starting in verse 8, he says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. I turned away from them, declares the Lord. But this is what God is like. They did. They were faithful in the old covenant. So God says, I'm going to make a new one. I'm not going to quit on them. We talked about covenant and God being a covenant maker. That's the same thing as God being a promise maker. It's the same thing. It's God 
by his word establishing something and then seeing it through. And so when the old covenant didn't didn't um, happen the way God intended because God's people weren't faithful to their to their end of it. God didn't quit on them. He says, I'm going to make a new covenant. I'm just going to establish a new and better promise. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel at that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That is a promise that God made. That was a prophecy that God made. And it's been accomplished through Jesus. And we are the beneficiaries of that promise fulfilled. That prophecy fulfilled. We get to know him. And we get to know him more. And we get to know him more. And what he says, in his way, it's not out there somewhere. It's in here now, by a spirit. That's amazing. Acts 2, I want to read that one. One more. And I want to read a few, um, let's see. We'll see if we get there. Maybe not. You can get there so much faster than me. It's crazy. I've got bookmarks too. These just don't work. Acts 2, Acts 2, starting in verse 16. Again, this is this is a prophecy from the Old Testament and the prophet Joel. And what's cool about this is this is the very moment that this prophecy came into existence. And we're kind of witnessing that. It says, in the last days, and I I think it's cool because they were like, this is happening. The thing that God said he was going to do. Remember that old dusty book that Joel wrote? (laughs) Remember that? Oh, you didn't read it? Well, this is what he said. He said, in the last days, God says... I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. That's cool. That's God saying, hey, guess what? I want you all in on the fun. I want, I want, it's not going to just be my secret. It's going to be your secret and you get to share it. I like sharing secrets. Surprises, I mean. Surprises. I mean, they're often connected like promises and prophecies. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God said, I'm going to do that. They waited a while. 
They waited a while. <laughs> but then it happened, and we're in it. Some of these promises we didn't even have to really wait for. I'm just, I'm just happy about that. But we're in it. We're in the middle of this promise fulfilled. We're in the middle of the prophecy fulfilled that God's people will get to take part in what he's saying and what he's doing. That's cool. All right, I want to close with this. I don't want to make this personal because I really felt like God was saying tonight, my promises need to be personal. Otherwise, God's promise is just sitting out here somewhere. And it's not meant to sit out here somewhere. God's promises were meant for people. And if God's promises are going to be for people, then they have to be personal. So how is it personal in your life? And this is something you might want to write down. And I think this is going to be something that we each need to just take some time with, with God. But I, I think God is wanting to prepare some of us in the room, if not all of us, to just expect, expect him to speak in these two ways in your life. And this first one is, and the reason we can expect, and this is what I want to say, the reason you can expect and it not be presumption is because your expecting is connected to who he is. When your expecting is connected to who God is, then it's not presumption, it's faith. <laughs> when your expecting is not connected to, <laughs> I don't know what I just said. <laughs> who did? Oh. <laughs> Guys doing stuff behind me. That's beautiful. We got a new way. We got this, and then we got the silent amen. Um, when it's connected to who he is, then it's not presumption. It's faith. And because, as we establish, because he's a promise maker, I want to ask this question. And I want us, each of you, at some point, to ask God this and spend some time with him on this one. What promise do you want to make with me? God isn't just sparing with his promises. <laughs> and so, because he's a promise maker and he's abundant in his promises, I think we can safely ask this question, believing and realizing that there is a promise that God has for you that you probably haven't even heard yet. So what promise do you want to make with me, God? Because you are a promise maker. And then because you are a promise keeper, because you are a promise keeper, what promise do you want to keep with me? And I feel like God is going to remind you of something he's already promised you. He's going to remind you of something he's already promised you. So that you can remember that he's the one in his goodness and his faithfulness that's going to bring it about. What promise do you want to keep with me? And because you're an encourager and a strengthener and a comforter, when you ask him this question, what word do you want to give me? What word do you want to remind me of? What, what word 
that would shine a light in the darkness and give me a glimpse of the good that is to come? What word do you want to remind me of or do you want to speak into my life for the very first time? I want to I want to just close this in prayer and kind of in that place of expectancy. I want to just pray. I want to pray into that because I, I think what God is going to do is he's going to converge you asking that question with um, encounter. He's going to he's going to converge us expecting and, and believing and waiting for that with um, with with someone or something coming to speak into that place in your life. So I want to pray into that. Thank you, God. As we're going to sing to close tonight, God, we just declare you, you're a promise maker and you're a promise keeper. And God, you give good gifts to your children and, and you even want to clue us into what they are before they come so that we can have our hearts encouraged and strengthened and, and so that hope would rise up, so that faith would rise up. And so, God, I ask that you would do that, and I pray that it would be the overflow of intimacy with you. And so this week, God, I pray that, that these questions wouldn't leave us alone until we actually ask them of you. God, what promise do you want to make? What promise do you want to keep? And what word do you want me to remember? What word do you want me to know? And Lord, just as surely as you're the one behind this, God, I just ask that God, you would, however you want to do it, God, that you would speak to your people, whether it be through dreams, God. Whether it be just through our time with you one-on-one, whether it be through someone else that we don't even know coming and, and saying, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you this. Or whether it be from someone in this family taking the time to listen on our behalf. And I, I feel like that last one's really important for someone in this room. You're going to ask God these questions and he's going to say, um, I want to tell you, talk to your family. And if you um, aren't getting an answer, I don't want you to assume that God's not speaking. I want, I want you to, in fact, to know that oftentimes God wants to speak to us through other people. And that's why he gave the gift of prophecy to the church. And so God... Um, would you um, just help anyone who's perhaps wants these answers, wants to hear from you, um, but maybe um, is reluctant to step out to, to ask for someone else to help in that? God, would you just give courage? And would you give um, just the faith to do that? And God, I just pray that there would be a beautiful outpouring in that, um, God, we would receive what you want to say and we would enjoy it and we would ultimately let it draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray.